The following sermon was preached at Tower View Baptist Church. We are a gospel-centered, relationship-driven church that exists to know, grow in, share, and serve Jesus Christ. We do all this for the glory of God. For more about us, please check out our website at www.towerviewkc.com. Well, good morning, Tower View. Good morning, everyone. I apologize for the false start. I thought everything was set up, and then Facebook said was confused. Anyway, technical details failed me to show a picture on the first feed. So, anyways, now now we, now we are doing it. I pray everyone can see me. Everyone can hear me. I see Marina has made a comment in praying for us. Thank you. And I see there's a couple other people on. Um, so I thank you for watching and, and listening and um, pray that everything will work much better, much gooder now that everything is set up. Um, as you can see, I'm with Tower View Baptist Church. You can see our website there, towerviewkc.com. If you want to contact us, uh, you can um, do that through our Facebook page. Um and such. And anyways, I'll go over that a little bit later. I am past Associate Pastor Nelson Nisley at Tower View. This is your Sunday school lesson for Sunday, April 4th, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, depending on what you want to call it. Um, culturally, we call it Easter, although that is not a biblical word. Resurrection Sunday, it's the Sunday that we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus of Nazareth. And that's what we're going to look at today. That's a scripture we're going to look at today is the scripture um, from the book of Luke, chapter 24. So if you have your lesson plan, that is lesson number five. Luke 24 is where we're going to begin today. 
It is a beautiful sunny morning. It is nice and calm out there at the moment, but the wind's supposed to pick up. So I don't know what we're going to do with church today. As I'm moving my books and pages around, you can hear all that and myself away from the microphone and you can hear that. So let's see. Are we ready to get started? We have more people on. Um, Darren is rocking the tie. Is that? Oh, I didn't read that right. Um, so, well, you told me to wear a coat and tie today, Darren. I just haven't put on the coat yet. So, Jackie, good morning. So, I see we, we're getting people coming on. Like I said, it was a false start with the other feed, and then it didn't want to terminate correctly. So, I don't know what the deal with that was. So, I pray people would come over here and find this feed. That is, that is a prayer request, that God help them find this feed and not sit and listen to the other one, which is, I don't know what happened to it. Um, let's see. Actually, I am going to share this with something. So one moment while I click and do things. Um, we are live. So I am doing, I'm clicking things. Let's see, share. Share now, okay. All right, and hit that button. Boom. Uh, no, okay. What's going on? No, oh, it's posting. There we go. All right, things are working. Thank you for your patience. Lots of things are going happening this morning. Um, let's see, Judy, good morning. Let's see, Darren, uh, let's say, yes. And I see we have more people coming on. So I appreciate your comments. I appreciate the chit-chat. And we are going to get started with a word of prayer. Lord God, we just thank you and praise you for all that you provide. Help us as we take a few minutes to study your word. As we look at the text of that first resurrection, that resurrection morning, the first one, the only one, that resurrection morning so many years ago. Help us to change our heart and change our minds and change our lives because of this. For many of us, it has changed us drastically already, but I pray it doesn't quit changing us. And for some, if there's anybody out there who has never been changed, I pray that this morning your heart will be changed, your mind will be changed, and your life will change forever for eternity. And we just pray all these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. We are in the book of Luke. As you can see on the screen there, Luke 24, 1 through 12. Hey, I learned some new things this week, so... Learn how to write on the screen. Um, Luke 1 through 12 is what we're looking at this morning. And let's see. So let me read that. Luke 24, verses 1 through 12. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the tomb bringing the spices that they had, pre they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They went in, but did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. 
While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men stood by them in dazzling clothes. So the women were terrified and bowed down to the ground. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? asked the men. He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, It is necessary that the Son of Man be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and rise on the third day. And they remembered his words. Returning from the tomb, they reported all these things to eleven, to all the rest. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women who with them were telling the apostle these things. But these words seemed like nonsense to them. And they did not believe the women. Peter, however, got up, ran to the tomb. When he stooped to look in, he saw only the linen cloths. So he went away amazed at what had happened. And so last Sunday, we looked at the time when Jesus came into Jerusalem for the final time. And the crowds were out there, and there was a parade, and people were cheering and singing and quoting Scripture and singing songs from Scripture, and they were rejoicing. And then later that day or the next day, we're not exactly sure. The Gospels don't, aren't super clear on that. Jesus went to the temple, and they, Jesus came in to town, and everybody thought, this was the Messiah. He's going to come in, and he's going to raise an army, and we're going, to, we're going to attack the Romans. But Jesus came into town, went to the temple, and attacked the people in the temple. The people who were buying and selling stuff inside the temple of God. He whipped them. He turned tables over, made them lose money, caused a ruckus. And the tide turned against Jesus. His teachings were too hard for people. They didn't want to believe the things that he was saying about God and about himself. And so the big adulations that he had went away quickly. And when the crowd had an opportunity to free Jesus... They rejected it and asked to have him crucified. A horrible thing. But it was all part of God's plan. You can go back and read Isaiah 53. You can go back and read Psalm 22. Psalm 110. You see the things that these were planned for. This was not an accident. God had prepared this. We read in Zechariah about the grand entry that Jesus had. And so this was not unplanned for. It wasn't a surprise to God. This was part of the plan. And so these women came to the tomb early on Sunday morning, the first day of the week, as soon as it was sunrise. And they knew exactly where the tomb was, because if you go back up just a couple verses before chapter 24, you see that the women, these women had watched Jesus be buried. Not buried in the sense that we, how we bury, where we dig a hole in the ground, but buried in the sense he was placed inside the tomb. And they saw that happen. They saw where it was. They knew the graveyard. They knew which tomb it was. And nobody was expecting anything. 
As you go through there, we'll see that. The, the Pharisees were expecting Jesus to rise from the dead, or at least fake it. And they asked for, in the book of Matthew, they asked for a, a guard, which is a group of soldiers, a dozen or so probably, of Roman soldiers to be placed on the outside of the tomb to guard it from grave robbers because they thought the disciples would come through. So the Pharisees remembered Jesus' words better than the disciples did. And these women didn't say anything about that. They probably didn't know anything because they didn't set the guard out until Saturday night. But as you read through Matthew, by the time the women got there, the guard had already ran away. There was an earthquake, and these angels showed up, and these guys freaked out and ran away. Roman soldiers. They're not afraid of anything. They ran away. By the time these women got there, the, the Roman soldiers were gone. The only thing that they women had to worry about was how did they move that big stone? There was a stone that weighed hundreds of pounds, many hundreds of pounds, that had to be moved. And we read in the other Gospels that um, these women were like, well, how are we going to move that stone away? They hadn't planned for that. But they got there, and it was not a problem. The stone had already been moved for them. So we see this on the first day of the week. They came to the tomb very early, bringing the spices. So the Jews had a very specific process when somebody died. They, put, they anointed the body. They wrapped it in cloth. They anointed it with spices. You know, the, type, the kind of spices that Jesus got when he was born, but that the Magi brought, although it wasn't the same spices anymore. That, that, that was over 30 years ago. But they come to the tomb, and the, it says the stone, verse 2, the stone was rolled away. So that would have been perplexing, to say the least. Somebody moved it already. And they looked inside, and there was nobody in there. There was not a body laying on, there would have been like a shelf, a table, that the body would have been laying on, and there was nothing there. And they called him, when they wrote this, of the Lord Jesus. So by the time they wrote this, they realized Jesus was the Son of God. It was not just Jesus the carpenter from Nazareth, or Jesus the prophet, Jesus the teacher. It was the Lord Jesus. And they were perplexed. That would probably be an understatement. If you were there, what would your assumption be? The assumption would be grave robbers. Grave robbers was not an unknown thing in that land. Um, the reason most of the tombs of pharaohs in Egypt are empty is because of grave robbers over the decades, over the centuries and millennia. You know, we've emptied out, you know, archaeologists have emptied out some of the tombs. Is that called, you know, in a sense, grave robbing? Um, I know they didn't keep it for personal gain per se. They put it in museums. But grave robbing would not have been an unusual thing. But why would they rob him? Because there was no valuables in the grave. They wouldn't necessarily take the grave robbers. Don't look for bodies. They're looking for stuff because people would put valuable things in the, in the tombs. Why would you steal the body? Why would you steal the body of a teacher from Galilee, from Nazareth? 
But while they were being there, while they're perplexed, trying to figure out what's going on, why is not the body of Jesus here? You know, they're probably thinking, are they are we at the right place? They're questioning themselves. Did we go to the right place? But while they're before they can come to any conclusions, stood two men stood before them in dazzling clothes. So the women were terrified and bowed down to the ground. And this is a common description of angels. They didn't use the word angel here, but that's what these are. These are angels. One, they just appeared suddenly. The dazzling clothes, that's often the way angels appear. I mean, go back to, to Luke chapter 1. We, that's where we had angels at the beginning of this book. In Luke chapter 1, verse 12, Zechariah is in the temple. When Zechariah... Let's see, well, verse 11, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing in the right, to the right of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified and overcome with fear. With fear. But the angel said to him, do not be af afraid. And you go down to verse, chap Luke chapter 1, verse uh, 27, 28. And the angel came to her, said, greetings, favored woman. But she was deeply troubled by this statement. Then the angel told her, do not be afraid. So, you know, I could go through all the Old Testament every time angels appeared. Many times they're dazzling white. They're almost always described as men, um, if, if they're described that way. And so we have... This angel, two angels appear, dazzling white, even though it doesn't use the word angel. But one thing, and you notice in the other two, in Luke, in Luke chapter one, when the angel Gabriel showed up, he said, Do not be afraid. These angels didn't mention that. One, we don't know the angel's name. It doesn't give us that. And two, it just they just say, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? They didn't say, do not be afraid. They just said straight to the point. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Just adds to their perplexity. They continue in verse um, 6. He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when you were still in Galilee, saying... It is necessary that the Son of Man be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and rise on the third day. And they remembered his words. But they have forgot his words. Like, did he ever really say that? Yes, Luke chapter 9. In Luke chapter 9, verse 22. Um, Jesus had just asked them, Who do people say that I am? And Peter made his great confession that he was God's Messiah. Then Jesus told them, It is necessary that the Son of Man suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, be killed and be raised on the third day. That's Luke 9.22. You go down to Luke 9.44, same chapter. And he said he told them later on, he said, Let these words sink in. The Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. But they did not understand this statement. It was concealed from them so that they could not grasp it, and they were afraid to ask him about it. 
And that's just two examples of Jesus saying that he is going to die. Later, he talks about being crucified. And he tells the Pharisees and the crowds, he says, the only sign that you're going to be given is the sign of Jonah. That he would, Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights and then came out alive. And so um, that's what um, the, the angels are proclaiming. That Jesus said these things. He predicted it. This is not a surprise. This is not God calling an audible, changing the play at the last second. This was the plan all along. This was nothing new. And the women forgot about what Jesus had said. They didn't remember his words. And so they're perplexed. I don't know if they, this has cured their perplexity or not. But they're beginning to understand. If you read through these accounts in the other Gospels, there's, so all four Gospels obviously talk about this. In all four Gospels, the, the accounts are slightly different. It's as if they interviewed different people. And each, each account had different details, what the writer considered what he wanted to, to, to tell. And so we know that the women run into Jesus in the garden and don't even realize it. They think that he's a gardener until he speaks her name. And then Mary realizes who she's talking to. And the result's the same. They all run back to wherever the house was that the, all the disciples were staying at. And they go and tell them. So verse 9, returning from the tomb... They reported all, th all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Verse 10, we finally find out who the women are. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women who were telling the apostles these things. So they run back and they tell the eleven. It's like, eleven, wait, I thought there were twelve disciples. There were. Judas hung himself. Judas betrayed Jesus and could not repent. He hung himself. Peter denied Jesus, but he did repent, and he came back. And so these women, um, as we go, and in the other Gospels, we know that Joanna, her husband, worked for Herod the Tetrarch, one of the people who, who questioned Jesus during his trial. The man who executed John the Baptist so Joanna's husband worked for him. And she helped provide money for ministry for Jesus so that the disciples and, uh, and Jesus and the others could have food to eat. So God uses whatever God uses many means. There's no means that God can't use. And so these women go back to the disciples and tell them about the angels and the empty tomb. And, and Mary is probably talking about running into Jesus. But what? how do the disciples react? Verse 11. But these words seemed like nonsense to them, and they did not believe the women. Well, 
was that just males like I, I, you're, you're a silly woman? Or would it really matter if anybody reported that? Who would you believe? I mean, think about it. You're getting ready to go to a funeral of somebody you love. And somebody comes running in and said, the person that you love is not in the casket anymore. They're, they're, they're up walking around the funeral home talking to people. Would you believe them? How many times have you heard of people rising from the dead after they've been dead many days? I mean, sometimes we hear stories of somebody whose heart has stopped and the doctors are able to restart it. And that's usually only for a few minutes, a few seconds. Sometimes longer if you fell into a frozen lake. 45 minutes to an hour or so, they can restart a heart if you fell in something very cold. But days? No, doctors can't do that. You know, that's the story of Frankenstein. Frankenstein created life from a dead body parts. That's that, but that's fiction. That's just science fiction from a couple hundred years ago. There's nothing, no, no basis in reality. You know, it didn't matter who it is. Who would who would you believe if somebody said that? You go to a funeral home and, and like. They're, they're reporting that some, you know, you haven't got there yet, and somebody's reporting. They call you up on the phone and say, yeah, they're not in the casket anymore. They're walking around. You wouldn't believe them. Even if it was the funeral director, you wouldn't believe them. you call them a liar. So this is the first report that they've heard, and the women are probably having a hard time believing it. This reporting what they've noticed, what they've seen. It'd be hard to fathom and actually believe it 100% right off the bat. Because this doesn't happen. Lazarus was the only one that had been dead many days that came back to life. Although there was reports in Matthew that other people came back to life when Jesus died. That had been in the tombs. But this doesn't happen. This is beyond science. Science can't do this. Magic can't do this. This is only from the creator God that can do this. The creator of the universe that spoke the universe into his existence from nothing. is the only one that can create life from dead tissue. And this came from the inside out. When Lazarus was resurrected, Jesus was on the outside commanding Lazarus to come out. There was nobody on the outside of the tomb commanding Jesus to come out. Jesus, the Son of God, came out on his own. He conquered death from the inside out. The disciples, well, how could they believe this? This was unbelievable. Peter however, verse 12, at least took the initiative. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. So Peter says, well, okay, well, I'm going to go check this out for myself. 
And we know from the Gospel of John that uh, John probably went with him. And they both ran to the tomb. For some whatever reason, Luke doesn't mention John. I don't know why. When he stooped to look in, he saw only the linen cloths. So he went away amazed at what had happened. So he went there and he took the time to look around. And the only thing he noticed was the grave clothes. They had wrapped Jesus in a linen cloth. And those cloths were still there, but now they were empty. Somebody had taken them off. This was not the Shroud of Turin. Don't, don't, don't even go there. That's not what this is. Shroud of Turin is a fake. Don't worry about it. Um, when he stooped and he looked, and he saw it, and his his brain started pro- had to start processing this. What is what does this mean? And we know he accepted the resurrection. He you know we, he saw Jesus multiple times. We know that Jesus forgave him personally. But in these first few hours, everything, his mind is just a jumble. I mean, he's still mourning the death of Jesus, and now Jesus is alive? How do you process that? You're still trying to, re- you're, you're still doubting his death, and now he's alive again? Because think about when somebody dies, it's like, this can't be real. Especially when they die suddenly, some tragic accident or a heart attack. It's like, this can't be real. And so he's just starting to come to terms with Jesus' death, and now Jesus is not dead anymore. Now he has to come to terms with not only did Jesus die, but he rose again. It And it takes the human brain a while to comprehend this. This is not a normal everyday occurrence. And so, you know, I, I give a little leeway to the disciples and the women for, like, not believing everything right away. Because if you were there, that this is something that doesn't happen. That's why it's a miracle. That's why it's a miracle. So they figured it out. They listened. They watched. In the end, they believed. Was the believing hard right at first? Yes. It was hard right at first. Because about the only ones that would believe right away would be children. Because they don't have, their brains haven't set and said, well, that's impossible. They don't know what impossible means yet. They don't understand that concept. So what's impossible with man is possible with God. And so it took them a little while to figure this out and to really believe what had happened. And as you read through the different gospel accounts, we see the account of uh, Thomas who doubted, but then he believed. The disciples who doubted the women, but then they believed. The women who doubted what they saw initially, but then they believed. And so it's not what you, how you react the first time you hear it. It's how you react 
eventually? How do you come to terms with it? What is your final resolution? Do you reject God and reject his claims? Or do you accept it and believe it? That's the test. It's not do you believe it the first time, believe it the last time. Do you believe it forever? That's the, that's the trick. That's what we have to do. And as a Christian, you keep believing it. You don't doubt it. You make it change your life. If Jesus rose from the dead, what difference does it matter if you die on this earth or not? Why are you so afraid of dying? I've never had it happen. I don't know if I'll really do it. But I've always thought, if I ever got in a confrontation and somebody held a gun to my head or a knife to my throat, whatever the case may be, threatening to kill me and wanting me to be afraid, my, my reaction, my, my thought is, my reaction might be, what are you doing threatening me with heaven? It says that's supposed to scare me. Because that's what's looking forward to when we die. We know this world is temporary. Whether we, you know, whether we live 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, 80 years, 100 years, this world is still temporary. We know our parents will die. We know our grandparents will die. We, we know our friends and those around us will die. We know that we will die. But it's not permanent. Jesus showed it. He rose from the dead. If Jesus can rise from the dead, we can believe his promises when he says there's a place that he's preparing for us. And there'll be plenty of rooms for us to live in. And it'll be eternity. So if you believe the resurrection, believe the eternity, and realizing that not to live life recklessly, I still wear my seatbelt, but to realize that if you die, it's just a part of life. I have an old hymnal that I use sometimes to sing songs. And one of the things I've noticed in that old hymnal that was written um, and published during the, the uh, Depression days and the beginning of World War II, um, there were a lot of songs about heaven in there. Why? People who were living had a hard life. There was nothing to look forward to on this earth. There was no... Re People were not worried about retirement plans because they knew they had to work until they physically couldn't work anymore because their body quit. And then they just had to pray that their kids could take care of them or somebody would take care of them because there was no Medicaid, Medicare, Social Security, nothing. So there wasn't anything to look forward to except heaven. And so they wrote lots of songs about and sung lots of songs about heaven. So as you read this, put yourself in their place that first, that, that Resurrection Sunday. I say that first one. There was only one. We just celebrate the anniversary of it, sort of. So the other things that happen in Scripture, we don't know exactly when they happen. This day, we know when it happened because it happened during Passover. And we know how to calculate Passover. 
So we, we get the right time of year. We may not get the exact date, but we get the right time of year by way we do Easter. But as we go through this, we know that death was conquered. So as a Christian, you can live knowing that the end is settled. You can live confidently knowing that the end is settled. And if you have never come to Christ, you can follow and believe what Jesus said. Because he is risen. Because he is no longer dead. You can believe him that your sins are forgiven so you can repent. And it will matter. Jesus will forgive you and you will have life everlasting when you turn your life over to him. And believe what the scriptures have said about Jesus. And believe what Jesus said about the scriptures. And Christian, you can believe what the scriptures say. Start believing it and living your life like it matters. You can believe what the scriptures say about Jesus and what Jesus said about scriptures and change your life and change your heart and change your mind and live a different way. Let's pray. Lord God, we just thank you and praise you for all that you do and say. Help us to live a life that matters. Help us to live a life as if you really did rise from the dead. And that we, we can live a life confidently knowing that no matter what happens in this world, we have heaven waiting for us. And that we can speak boldly about you to whoever is around us, whether friends and family or strangers and neighbors. And it doesn't matter if they reject us because they're not rejecting us, they're rejecting you. And you were executed for their rejection, but you rose from the dead in spite of their rejection. And we too can live because you rose from the dead. We just pray all this in the mighty and the precious and the eternal name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, thank you for watching and listening. Once again, I'm Associate Pastor Nelson Nisley. I'm from Tower View Baptist Church in Kansas City, Missouri. And... Um, if you want to get in touch with us, contact us. You can go to our website, towerviewkc.com. You can call. You can text our church line, 816-368-1330. You see it there on the screen. It's in the notes. And so how is God working in your life? What is God doing in your life? And so, you know, tell us what God's doing. Send us a message. Um, what questions do you have? How can we pray for you? Um, you can leave comments here. We can, we will see those here on Facebook, on our Facebook page. You can contact us through that too. Um, so appreciate that. So I thank you everyone who's watching. I see Linda, Rose, Judy, Anad. Thank you for watching from far away. Um, let's see anybody else on here. I'm looking, I'm not seeing any other names, although I know there's some more people on probably. So I appreciate all who watched and all who listened. I
pray that you have a uh, most excellent Lord's Day. We services will be here at church at 1030. Um, I'm going to set the speakers up outside so you can bring your lawn chair and sit outside. It ought to be nice. Um, if the wind doesn't pick up too much, Darren will preach outside. Um, otherwise, he'll preach from inside. With a, uh, you can come and you can listen on the radio in your in your car, um, 90.7 FM. Um, we ask you to only come inside if you've previously made arrangements and, and made a reservation to come inside. We we do have some extra space in the in the basement of the other building that you can sit uh, socially distant and listen to a radio down there. Um, if you want to do that. So thank you for watching and listening. I pray that the that the God of our risen the Lord will change your heart and change your mind forever. And I thank you for watching and listening this Lord's day. God bless. He is risen. He is risen indeed.